Yeah, this is yeah, this is on it. Like, already started. Maybe. Welcome to another episode of Searching for MacGuffin with your host George, Gabe, and Link. No, no, no. I mean, that's that's not who you are. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Gisela. Yeah, Gisela's back on the show. Woo! My beautiful wife, which I mention constantly. Wait, where am I looking? You're, you're looking over there. Yeah. There you go. Okay. So, we brought a very special guest for a very special topic. Yes. Yeah. Since Link's not here, what happened to him? Um, He's dead. He was drafted. No, but how did he? No, he was drafted. He was drafted to yeah. the NFL to what? NBA. To a foreign conflict that will not be named. A foreign conflict. Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, thoughts and prayers with um, everybody that's going against him because you're gonna need it. <laughs> Um, I'm sure he's safe. Why did you? So why did he get drafted? He got drafted because he signed up to the wrong draft. He, <laughs> he thought that he was going to be drafted, you know, to play for a professional sports team. But it turns out he really just registered to serve. Oh, wow. Well, we thank you for your service, Link. Yeah. Hopefully he goes AWOL and then gets... Negotiates down to a dishonorable discharge. Lots of military references. Yeah, yeah. I wonder why that is. Hmm. Oh no, I thought I, I thought I volleyed that for you, but oh, I threw it right back at you. Okay, thank you. So this week, our episode is called, and I'm going to say the title so that Dan stops changing them when he publishes the episode, <laughs> because you know when we plan this. And we titled the episode. He doesn't look at the planning sheet. He just edits the episode. He's like, I wonder what I want to call this episode. So shout out. <laughs> shout out to Dan, wherever you well, maybe are. Maybe he doesn't like what you guys I think guys you need to talk it. directly. Oh, right. maybe, yeah. you guys, maybe he doesn't like what you guys called the name the title. No, I don't think he even looks at the planning sheet anymore. Oh. Since he's, he's just not. like, man, these lazy scrubs didn't give me anything to go off of. So I guess it's up to me. Yeah, yeah. But he like internalizes it and everything. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so this week's episode is, and I think this is the episode before, when we come back from episode 100, right? Yeah, we we went on a bender on that one. Yeah, congratulations to us. I know we've been gone for a little Woo! bit. Yeah, episode 100. Usually we would celebrate on an episode like that, but we just gave you a clip show, like a 90s sitcom. So that was a lot of fun going back and looking at that, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were we're like oh, episode 100. Like, what have we even accomplished? And then going back and listening to. Like a hundred plus minutes of the show was like. Except I will say half the clips that I chose didn't get like picked. Like what? And just like did his own thing. (laughs) Oh, oh, he just ignored the clips. Like I was watching. I was watching. I was like, oh, like this is gonna. These are my clips that are coming up. And then I'm like, watching. Which one is your guys' favorite episode? Which one's your favorite episode? My favorite episode is episode 100. Listen to episode 100. Available now. Okay, you didn't answer. So start on Spotify, and then once you get to video, was like what episode 51 or something? Yeah. Yeah. Then start watching it on YouTube. Yeah. What was okay, Gabe? If you can answer that question real quick before we go to the favorite topic, episode. Favorite episode. Honestly, actually, I really like the um, the travel episode that we did together. Oh, yeah, yeah. That yeah. was fun. You know, I'm gonna say I liked the Oscar episode that we did together. Oh, I said because I'm here, you guys. <laughs> no, no, it's just a that. pure coincidence. Ah, no. Uh, thank what else? You. Your episodes one. get the highest rating in the female demographic, so. Oh. Yeah, our listens they double, so. Oh, Maybe. the Batman episode too. That one was really good. Yeah, that one's good. You weren't on that one, but that one was excellent. Yeah. 
But anyways. Wait, wait, wait. What's your favorite episode of ours since you listen oh, yeah. to all of I, them? I like all of them. Mm. No. I like mm. all of the episodes. Uh, I'm going to guess that your no, 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 favorite episode <laughs> has to be between 1 and 50, no. which was the last time you listened to oh, it. Okay, so credit. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, my Probably the one that she thought we were drunk. I'm going to be honest. <laughs> I just don't remember the names of the episodes. And they're all meshed together. Now I mean, we don't head. remember the names either, so we just gave you the topic. Um, but there is a few that I like that I was literally peeing in my pants. We cause urination? I don't understand that. What does that mean? Because they were really funny. Oh, okay. So you pee when you laugh? It's a matter of speaking. Oh, so you don't pee when you laugh? N no. But Not literally. Okay. Yeah. Also, one of the other things that I noticed like during the clips was when we talked about like rubbing dirt in the wound or whatever, like yeah. put some dirt in it. Mm -hmm. Is that a war reference? No, it's a sports reference. Oh, and that's probably why I don't know it because I don't really watch sports. Although I don't think they say it in the games. I'm pretty sure it's well, no. like in practice and stuff. No, yeah, I think it's just like something you say when you as you're growing up. Like, do your coaches tell you to do it? I was being yelled at in spanish by my coaches so no okay so then go i think maybe more if you go more up north Por un poquito tierra en esa, i don't know what is it wound what do you say? Come, come tierra. no it's probably no. just a bunch of curse words oh okay yeah i i think i did substitute a curse word for it yeah <laughs> so this week's episode is titled unless dan changes it war what is it good for? And our focus is going to be on war films, their history, and their impact today. So what better guest to have with us than a historian herself, Gisela? Thank you. Oh, no problem. I, I don't know if I consider like a myself historian. a historian. Ah, but. His or her historian. Their story. Their historian. So what is it about war films that compels us? Like, why are we drawn to these films? Um, I think off the bat, it's 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 a spectacle, you know. It's uh, I think a lot of the war movies, a lot of the popular war movies are just like ginormous set pieces, you know, and both like fiction and nonfiction. I think you know, from you know Lord of the Rings to Star Wars to you know Saving Private Ryan. I think a lot of those films have that spectacle. And I think like, I don't know, I, the way that I grew up, like I grew up around, you know, watching these films. Yeah. And my dad is a, is a huge, like, you know, war, like history buff in, in those regards. And always like, you know, talking about these things that happen and like, we'll watch the movies and then he'll like add in the stuff that like, this didn't actually happen or like that actually happened mm -hmm. and stuff like that. Um, So for me, at least that was, that was one of the ways I think with a lot of these things that um, that we talk about in the show is was a way, I guess, to for me to, you know, connect with my dad because th those movies we watch a lot. But the thing that I can remember as a kid that like, got me into that was like it was like these things are like, you know, massive conflicts. There's a bunch of stuff going on. Um, I think ultimately it's the it's the. Uh, there's heroic aspects, I think, in a lot of these films, especially like back then. Um, I think more recently we have more nuance and there's different stories that are being told. Yeah. Which I think are great. What about you? I mean, I find it interesting that you drew immediately like Lord of the Rings and Star Wars. I wasn't even thinking that. 
you know, when we were discussing this, uh, this topic, because even in our fantasy and in our fiction, we can't help but trickle in the impact that real life conflicts, you know, uh, international incidents, military action, are fiction parallels those real world events, right? And kind of serve as a metaphor. But focusing in on specifically directly the war genre, uh, you know, nonfiction, um, I think it's that. I think people like to learn. People like to be entertained. And I feel that it's easy to feel that you're getting something out of your experience when you see a real life story or a story that's set in a real time period in the midst of a real conflict. And I also think that you connect to it more because as much as we've spent a hundred episodes, right? Talking about mostly a bunch of made up story and we talk about superheroes and space lasers. I think when you connect with a story that you feel not only could really happen, but in many ways did yeah. really happen. Yeah. It's that much more real because the suspension of disbelief is so small, you know, especially if the film has a reputation or context going into it that it's accurately depicting. Mm -hmm. At least for me, that's a big like hallmark of a great film. It doesn't mean that every great war film or historical film does toe the line of representing everything exactly as it occurred. But I think if you can get very close to learning about the real period and the real time and the people that went through it you come out of it almost gaining knowledge and growing through the experience rather than even though it's important and we've talked about it, you know frivolous entertainment or, or something that you have to like apply to your life but isn't real on some level yeah mm. well at the very least a good action movie yeah at the very least right, right? but when i think of war films and especially when they're well done i mean and I think the reason why people gravitate towards these films is because it brings the best and the worst out of humanity mm -hmm. all at the same time. And I think there is a curious and even a morbid curiosity, yeah. you know, to see how people deal with this like extreme cases, you know, of violence, of hunger, of of conflict yeah you know and, and i think that i'd we want to see the outcome right like what's what happened you know like what's gonna happen what did happen mm. to to get there to get to that point where humanity decides to kill each other what was the reason mm-hmm you know, what move uh, people to do the things that they do. And I, I think one of the things that I gravitate also toward war film, obviously, there's always a historical aspect, but it's more of like also like how much people are willing to sacrifice or do to be able to survive, right? Like to be able to like overcome those moments. Yeah. And it, sometimes they don't even do. So it kind of take us to like another reality that a lot of us hopefully will never have to live through. So I guess we want to see how other people have done it, has done it. Oh, uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, 
I think speaking to that, when, I don't know, like, there's just certain acts that, I think even just through storytelling, it's like, you know, you have the hero's journey, you have, you know, a character, a main character, or whatever it is, um, performing these great feats, or these acts of, you know, either selflessness, courage, you know, acts of heroism, mm -hmm. that is like, because when you, when you throw in the moral, like, um, I wouldn't say moral dilemma, but you, you throw in the moral aspect of like, you have the good guys and you have the bad guys. Yeah. And when I'm, I mean, I think it is a moral dilemma because even the good guys have to do bad things. No, you exactly. Know? And I think for me, at least like growing up, it's, it's black and white, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's like, yeah, you have the good guys, and you have the bad guys, mm -hmm. the good guys, like they're, they're down, like they're not doing well. They're like, they look like they're, they're going to get killed or whatever. Right. And then, you know, they make the comeback or something happens somewhere they get saved or something happens where, you know, they make a triumphant comeback and, and they end up winning. You know, for me, that as a kid, that's what really spoke to me was, um, I mean, like in Saving Private Ryan, when when Tom Hanks is, he's done. Like the yeah. tanks are coming and like everyone's getting like fried and he's shooting the gun and he's shooting the pistol um, at a tank. Like that's never, you know. And then like the last shot, he ends up like when the tank is about to like blow them all up, like, of airplane like a, a jet comes and just like blows up the tank oh and that's what happened i thought tom hanks blew up that tank with that pistol that no no it was no oh, it was a jet no it was a jet and they dropped the missile and tom hanks bullet like oh hit it at the same time that's if tom cruise if would have been the star mm -hmm. of saving prior Ryan. that's how that movie would end <laughs> so <it>. close <laughs> um but like to me that that was like what that's why, like, I loved watching those movies. I was way too young to be watching those movies. Mm -hmm. I was, yeah. like, way too young. Yeah, yeah. Because I didn't understand that, like, to me, it was, like, these people are getting murdered. But it also made it, like, the point where, like, I, it was almost fiction in a way to me. Yeah. Because that wasn't real. I didn't know what, you know, that kind of, like, loss of life on that scale was. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That wasn't real to me. I didn't think anything of it. Like, you know, obviously, like, there's a lot of, like, gruesome and gory details in the movie where people, like, you know getting disemboweled and all that stuff as a kid i'm like oh that's just movie stuff you know mm -hmm. and it was like i wasn't differentiating it between like that or like you know yeah. um when you say when you say as a kid like what age were we talking when i saw like those movies like black hawk down saving private ryan i'm like what eight nine ten. eight nine yeah that's what i was thinking maybe maybe a little too young i don't think a little too young to watch the movie if you like contextualize it but if you're like just on your own trying to figure yeah, it out I, no i mean but I, I, no, nah. I, even if you're contextualized, nah, I, no, I was just way it. too young to be. Because that's the yeah, thing. Like, I think about it now. Like, yeah, watching those movies, like mm -hmm. as an adult. Oh, that's true. Because I'm thinking about the eight and nine year olds in my life now, and I was like, well, yeah, yeah it's I different probably now. Wouldn't show them, but like, back no, no, no. I'm thinking, even like, would yeah. I want like my niece, you know, mm -hmm. who's like nine? Would I show them them? Well, yeah, probably, yeah, no. Definitely yeah, exactly. Not. Like, you, I'm seeing people's heads get blown off, and like, yeah. there's so much emotion and stuff like that. That to me, like, I just, I just saw that as this isn't a movie. This isn't real. Mm -hmm. Right. And then as right. I grow up, like you see, I see, I've seen more films and mm -hmm. I look back at the films I used to watch and I'm like, no, this is, this was very real. This is right. a point in time that these people like live through this. Right. And, yeah. and, and especially when you're young, you, you're, we tend to like oversimplify things. Mm -hmm. I right? put a very black and white and conflicts like this, at, whether it's World War II or the Civil War or whatever war it's de being depicted in that film, it's never that black and white. It's yeah, never it's black and white. Yeah. It's, it's so many complexities, 
right when we're talking about human conflict yeah and human and, life right and it's interesting because also we like to and like for example like when we talk about saving private ryan right and um and I and, and love the film because there is that scene where they have the opportunity to save the enemy, mm -hmm. right? Uh, and, and they decide that they were going to keep him alive. And even those moments, you know, when like it comes down to it, they're all human. Yeah. Right. And it's very difficult to, to make decisions, right? Uh, based on what is the mission. Yeah. Right, because your humanity kicks in. Like this is a person, is a human being in front of us, right? That that probably has a family and kids and people that love, or people to love, right? Yeah. And it's, it's 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 not as easy to like say, well, he's the bad guy. He should be dead, right? So, and watching it in an early age is hard to like truly understand those complexities. What do you think that? What do you think the right age for that is? I don't know. I don't because I, I remember. Okay, go ahead. I think if you're learning about it in like right in school, right. I think well, when you're a bit older. Well, yeah. Like, well, what are we like? Twelve, thirteen? I think, I think middle school. school you're my middle school thing is fine. Like for example, like my middle schoolers learn is they're learning about the American Revolution. I mean, of course, according to developmental stages, I'm not gonna be like um, people did this, some people did that, but also I don't want to sugarcoat that. The horrors of war. Yeah, especially even, even a, if you're fighting for liberty and freedom and all the stuff that today our wonderful nation stands for. Yeah, uh, people died. Yeah, you know, and people suffered, and and it was not romantic. Mm -hmm. You know, because we love to romanticize this time period. There, right? People suffered, and they suffered yeah. oppression, and they suffered. Uh, um, I. They were part of a conflict, you know, that so as much as 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 I can, I, I always like to say the truth and be as as honest with the material that I'm teaching, especially when it comes to war, because there's nothing romantic about it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, it really isn't. Although we've gone through generations where I think we have, especially in this country, romanticized it. Oh, 1,000%. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. I, I was going to add on, like, growing up, at the same time that I'm watching these movies, I'm playing Call of Duty. I'm playing right. video games that it's like, the objective is, you know, and I don't know, it's it's not like, I want to say brainwashing, because it's like, it's my choice to, it was my choice to, I mean, maybe my parents should have had a like, firmer hand with what I consume, but, like, it was my choice to, to take in these these forms of content but it's like that all played into the fact that like you can respond mm -hmm. like i mm -hmm. my my like my internal like um what's it called how i valued life or how i measured life like it wasn't your logic irrational yeah, it yeah. was mm -hmm. it was irrational because i thought these weren't real people mm -hmm. like it's not real yeah. to me and and I think one of the things that I that I found myself going back to a lot of the times was was relating into that like to nine eleven because that to me like yeah I was very young I was younger I was five or six when that happened and that was something that was real but I in my mind that wasn't related to war at all like that wasn't the same thing this is like a real thing those war movies are something else mm -hmm. right because right. they've happened to people you know 
like people I don't even know years ago that yeah. like it's not real to me. Mm-hmm. And I think as I got older, and you know, obviously as conflicts as the war as the war like um against Iraq and and Afghanistan mm-hmm. came came to be later on when I was growing up, that became a real thing to me and i read more and i like going back you know you had a reference point yeah classes and and it's just like i had to kind of overcome i guess in a way the things that i believed before things that i thought before Mm -hmm. and have my perception change because like you said that ref like that example that you gave him saving private ryan where they let that guy live and then that german soldier ends up you know being the one to kill one of the the main cast members Mm -hmm. right like i was furious mm-hmm. when i saw that like as a kid i was just like why would you do that like you let him live and like now your friends that but it's like that is a real thing that happened that is like those are the things that happen in war like it's extremely messed up yeah yeah because you are saving you are valuing yeah. a life the person is the enemy but you know that came to bite them back yeah. in the end you know yeah and, and, and i think that is why i think is the responsibility of the filmmaker to present this part of history or this uh the fact or that information as truthful as possible as honest as possible right because we could make grand films about conflict and war and especially when it's a historical film mm-hmm. right like we ha- like i appreciate i appreciate those directors that take their time to responsibly under depict this time periods as honest as possible because it's the responsibility to understand that people may never read a book about world war ii or the civil war and a lot of people are just gonna learn through this specific film yeah all about that period and it's important that people understand that that war conflict, you know, they're they're never pretty. Yeah, you know? the nuance that goes with it. Right, right. And there isn't, they're not that black and white, right? We do like to have like the good guys and the bad guys, and uh, but it is it is difficult sometimes. Is there a way to tell that story without the good guys and the bad guys, or are we kind of slaves to that form of narrative do we need to juxtapose those that are in the right versus those that are in the wrong i think we do that whether we want to or not i think mm-hmm. that's i think that's just you know how we are someone can look at it objectively as possible but like i was saying like a lot of these films that come out nowadays like um that come from the other side or the side that i thought was the enemy or mm-hmm. whatever and these people like well um what's the other one the german one uh all quiet on the western front yeah like that was a fantastic movie that was a beautiful movie that and beautiful in the sense of like it's depicting horrific things and terrible but i think as a film like it does that well and it evokes certain emotions and gets you thinking to a point where like i think i think everything's gonna have its place but i think um opening yourself up to like a variety not just like certain hollywood films that are only telling the sides of the american yeah you know Mm -hmm. opening yourself up to 
being able to watch films where it's like you see it from a German perspective, you see it from a Russian perspective, yeah, from the different sides. And I mean, a lot of this is heavily involved in World War Two. Or the Japanese side of World yeah. War Two. But uh, like a lot of this is juxtaposing World War... flags of our fathers with letters from Iwo Jima. Exactly. Now, like understanding that there have been times in our history where people stood in the wrong side. Yeah. Right. Like we can judge back and say, well, the Nazis were messed up. Right. Nazis right. clearly the bad guys. Right. right. Like we can go back. And Sorry say for apologies, but the the South, right. the slave South, like right? That <laughs> like that Confederate states were standing for the mm -hmm. wrong thing, right? And and those are very clear. However, the people involved in this conflict, yeah, how that know, affects Germany, how right. it affects the sometimes, southern states, sometimes regular they, people they got caught up in this conflict. Yeah. You know, they didn't have a saying in the war, like they like were just we don't drafted. have says, right? Right, <laughs> they were just right. So sometimes, you know, and and that could affect the way how other people view, right? Whether it's uh people that lived in the south or people that you know are from germany or whatever other right or even the conflicts between today that has been so controversial mm -hmm. right israel and palestine right and we like to to like take a side we love say, to pick sides yeah. right but i but i think that we we also have to understand that there's never winners in war mm. and i tell that to my students all the time there's only losers yeah because war in both sides is going to always lead to the to the loss of human life, you know, and the destruction of 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 towns and cities, like the livelihood livelihood of people, and that destruction of so much, you know. So in both sides, but it's very clear, you know, throughout history and even today, right, that we have to understand that there that people do take stands and many times throughout history they have taken the wrong stance right and that's when we want to be like oh these are the good guys and these are the bad guys and that's very clear right but the government that makes those decisions they're not everyone yeah yeah you know and not everyone got the choice to be part of the war some people got cut up on it no, yeah, and that's something that you know we have to understand as people. You know? So people getting you know caught up in the middle, and right. people that get drafted, people that don't have a choice, people that don't stay in the matter where they just they have they're sent. And what do you have to do? Like you have to survive. You have to fight for your country, mm. and you know I mean, you have to fight for your own life. Even even if you you're yeah. not a true believer, exactly. And I think like you were saying, like we we obviously people are in the wrong. Um, like there are you know at in times, certain conflicts yeah. yeah but i think one of those things where like in oppenheimer in oppenheimer when when his friend robbie i forgot his name mm -hmm. but or what, what he's where oppenheimer's telling him where he's just like they're gonna build the bomb and he's like i don't know what's gonna happen after we build this like i don't know if we can be trusted with it but i know for a fact that the germans can't Right. They can have it. They because I know for a fact that they will like use that to obliterate anyone like with us. I guess like ours are the safer hands or whatever it is. Um, However you rationalize, yeah, like mm -hmm. taking immense. And I think watching that movie, um, and like I also think of reading the book as well. Added a different level of of complexity. I think 
to my view on you know world war ii but also like what came after that, everything that the aftermath of that um at the advent of the of the atomic bomb yeah you know that changed war for that changed the mm. world forever you know and to say like oh this like these people like i don't even know if we can be trusted but these people definitely won't be because they're just gonna use it to take over the world yeah right for I, their for their like <clears throat> because those are the bad guys what they're doing is mm -hmm. bad yeah that that was that was part of the catalyst for this episode we had gotten together our family my brothers came from all over to celebrate my dad's birthday and somehow you know on this celebration of birthday dinner it ended up a geopolitical conversation about the ramifications of world war ii and its effect indirectly on you know our society today and i thought that's crazy that these events so far removed from where we are now still shape our perceptions of the world around us and in many ways these narratives how they're viewed through yeah. film uh they dominate right it's, those it's, ideas is that world war ii is crazy yeah it, I, oh you, you think about it i mean hitler is like the super villain yeah right like when you think about man who is the worst person to be alive it always goes back to yeah. this one person hitler well because like what you said and that and what? Hitler is a fascinating character in history, right? Yeah. Like, he is, like, the impersonation real, of man. so yeah. much evil. Like, how the, can... The embodiment. Right. It's almost like he's fictional. Yeah. Right? Like, how can a person like that exist? Yeah. And, like, stuff like that. And not only, not only he existed, he rose to power. Yeah. And you got to right? think about this. You, like, so, Gabriel said something there. He said, first of all, he said about how he they couldn't be trusted with the bomb. And right. it's crazy because that was the catalyst of that conversation that we were having. It was yeah. like, can you believe how close we were to world domination? Right. That's a thing that was right. actually, you know, a possibility. And second, you're like, he's the emperor. Not that he's as evil as the emperor, but that the emperor is, based you know, formed it based, based on him. That. Yeah. That's how evil an individual can right. be. These, so these monoliths that we have, they're based on real life people. Right. And then I think that the fact that we went <laughs> that somebody like Hitler existed mm -hmm. and rose to power and created so much conflict. I mean, a world war. Yeah. And it, and which we all know about hopefully the Holocaust, you know, and all the Jewish people that perish during this conflict, you know, that got murdered by this one person. And of course, he didn't do it alone, but but at the end, it, it, it was his responsibility. He's responsible for what happened. Yeah. And it's crazy. And that is why it's like today, like even when I teach about World War II, like my students are fascinated. And it is. Because it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Like, are you telling me that this is true? Like this happened? Like this guy, he was crazy. To lack of a better word i mean there are many words that we can yeah. use to describe him right but but and when you see this depicted in films it, it is true like you're thinking about well is this true it's just because i i can't understand how this actually happened in real life it's it's right? completely different when you're reading something in a book mm-hmm versus seeing just the visceral reaction you have to watching it mm -hmm. on screen and yeah. hearing it like you know the medium of of film and i think that's why like it's so important yeah. and so like it's so um because it it utilizes so many different like senses that we have as human beings to 
convey a message that sometimes like you won't get that effect by reading words on paper oh yeah for sure and let me tell you i don't know like one of my favorite scenes in in glorious past in film <laughs> war films is the beginning of seven prior ryan yeah right that d-day, D-Day. Right, it Steven almost Spielberg. overshadows the rest of the film, which is a the, great right, film. like like that Normandy or the cemetery. No, the no, no, that the, the Normandy. The Normandy. Because right? I think because I, I mean, I mean, I don't mean to inject, but right. the the part where they start off with the cemetery and they start the movie off like, look at the loss of life. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Look at the yeah, loss it's of always life, impactful. and then go right into right. storming the beaches. Right. That's always yeah. But that's I I love that and and. When I, when I told my student my students if you want to see like how actually gruesome and horrifying right that day was go watch the first like what is it like five ten minutes of the movie yeah and you're gonna get a pretty truthful depiction of that day right because it's it's i mean steven Spear, he he nailed it yeah he did such a great job i'd i mean I think Spielberg is the master of the genre, just with the the two punch of Saving Private Ryan and Schindler's List. Yeah, I think two of the. Oh greatest. yeah, no, Schindler's List is is a phenomenal film, no, right? That that's one thing that like I still think about that. Probably like I don't know why, like maybe maybe it's because like when I watch Oppenheimer, like that's something that reoccurs in my mind is you know that scene, on like like storming the beaches. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, it's yeah. an image that I have engraved mm-hmm. in my head for the rest of my life. The thing, hopefully. Right. The thing is that I think about it in, in a way like, okay, like let's say like you got drafted, you go through training, you're traveling, you're taken away from your family, you're taken overseas, and you like, you're with a bunch of guys who are pissing their pants and like mm-hmm. equally as scared and no one knows what's going on in the confusion and the doors drop and in a split second, you are gone. Yeah, mm. you're not even off you're, the boat. You're eviscerated. That's, and I don't think I had ever seen anything like that. And going back to your initial conversation about being exposed to this at such a young age, I was like 12, 13 at that time, 1998, when Saving Private Ryan. Ryan. Yes, absolutely. Man, you guys watched this films early. Yeah, but for me, it was like... Yeah, his, I was father, a, his father, my father. Yeah. yeah. But for me, though, I was allowed to... I mean, and I had seen other stuff, you know, fun stuff, Terminator or whatever. But for me, I was allowed to watch these films. Like, this wasn't mm-hmm. even a question. Schindler's List, I watched it over live public access TV. Right. Because right. of its importance. It had the nudity and the violence, and it was allowed yeah. for a very special reason. And I was exposed to those films. And for me, I was like, yeah, I'm going to see a rated R movie with, like, violence and cursing and everything. But it was not a good experience in the sense that emotionally there's a love hate because i guess at that time i do understand what world war ii is like when you talk to you studied right, about it you've right, read about it right. so it's like these are real people to me so i'm still very yeah, young it's and not, impressionable it's not like you, you understood you were not yeah. gonna go watch uh the superhero movie yeah and i was like this is right. not cool what is happening right. this is crazy this is, i've never yeah. seen anything like it now that i'm older going back watching films mm-hmm. that are even older than that and watching films that have come Still, I that depiction is so unique. Like you said, sometimes I forget what happens in the rest of the movie, but those images are burned. I don't think I'm gonna forget them unless you know I start losing my mind and my yeah. memory. Right. But what was the other one? Oh, like also when I was a kid, like that's the thing. My dad was into these war movies. He had all these yeah. things on DVD. I remember like the Bridge on the River Kwai. Yeah, Bridge on the mm-hmm. like Amazing that. Film. That confused me because I'm like, wait a second. I had written that down and I wasn't sure if we all remembered I w- it. I was like, what? Like, wait a second, like that you know that threw me for a loop and i think that's i know it's a difference i think with age and stuff like that 
I knew this happened. I knew this was a real thing that happened. But again, I think that the, I just didn't know the loss of life. Like, I just didn't understand that to that level, to that degree. Mm -hmm. It wasn't an emotional thing because it's like, I, I think what it is, I think as I've gotten older, there's like, I've learned to think about it in a way that like, I'm putting myself in those, in those shoes. And that's why I think about that, that D-Day scene, Mm -hmm. because I think about it as like, these people didn't have a choice. Like, what is it like, what, like, what? What is it if like I was born mm-hmm. back then? What is it if I was on that boat? That's my life. I am dead. I am right. gone. And for what? Right. <laughs> and for what? Because at those at that moment, you're not thinking about, ooh, I'm doing this for yeah. freedom and yeah. democracy. You're thinking about no, your own horrible. life, right? But then you know, and it's like even though that battle is important right. and us winning it is important, but did the guy that died in the boat contribute to that? Right, right. That is why it's so important that directors do it right. Right, especially when depicting war films. Mm-hmm. Because like I said at the beginning, the at the very least could be a good action movie, but man, you're missing the opportunity to truly educate the public. Yeah. Right. On these important issues. When a movie is well done, you know, you have people evaluating, reflecting, talking about it, race uh at um racing at um awareness on the issues mm-hmm. that are truly happen, like when Hotel Randa came out. Yes. Right, oh, like every everybody was talking about that because it was PG a top. 13. It was a topic that a lot of people were not aware of that this went on, and it could be surpri- surprising, right? Like that people didn't know about the situation that was happening, and but it brought so much awareness, you know, to that. So when a movie is well done, it could do so much good. Especially yeah, when it comes to films, you know, with know this conflict, <laughs> right? So, yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. Um, it shapes also our perception of those events, and that gets even more complex when it's events that we've lived through, conflicts that are more recent. Um, I believe you have an experience that you wanted to share regarding, you know, just one quick thing before yeah. we move on. Um, I do think going back to Spielberg, I think that. That's what makes, you know, those movies that he made so great was because, you know, a lot of times that these Hollywood directors, these Hollywood studios get, you know, they make the decision to make these films. Some of that can be lost in fluff, like the Hollywood story ends up, the drama of it ends up taking over and you lose what that movie should have been about or the opportunity that you could have had. Mm -hmm. And I think that Spielberg does it beautifully because he does both. Right. I think he has enough of like, you know, the Hollywood aspect of it. He has a story, the narrative that we are following with those soldiers right. um, to save this, to save the Private Ryan. But there's also like, he doesn't, he doesn't sugarcoat it. He doesn't romanticize it in a way. No, it's horrible. It's mm-hmm. terrible. Right. There's the guy, right. there's people yelling for their, like, I just want to see my mom. I want my parents. Like right. there's someone like you, they're, you're watching people die right in front of you. Right. And, right. and I think that Spielberg did that. And I mean, that's what's. That's like one of the greatest movies of all time. You know, yeah. You know what I hate? What? Mm. I hate when directors uh, name a movie after a big war and then it's nothing about the conflict. Okay. Tell me more about Pearl Harbor. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's what I had in mind. Like, really? Like, you're going to name the movie Pearl Harbor, but it's not about Pearl Harbor. Oh, have you ever have you ever seen Titanic? This romantic. <laughs> Sorry. Go ahead. You but you know what? But at least Titanic. 
you know it, it takes was a ship. place At least it was a on ship. the ship <laughs> there was you an know iceberg. and and the relationship between this the, what is it rose and jack, jack right is a vernacular that that director the storyteller is using to tell us that sure. story about this phenomenal event that happened in history you don't learn a ton about the event <laughs> i know but at least you get to see it okay right yeah. but pearl harbor is like what five minutes into the movie yeah. and then they move on to this romantic story it's kind of a letdown yeah uh, also you just disclaimer i haven't seen this movie in years so i'm gonna be talking <laughs> no you're 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 correct but also you're comparing leonardo DiCaprio to ben affleck so anyways oh well, I'm not comparing the actors. Yeah, because you're like, oh, Leo, Leo and Kate Winslet can get away with it, but Ben Affleck not so much. I guess. But anyways, which goes to show that a, a good film or even a great film sometimes can deviate from those narratives. But you know what? I think the difference, even though Pearl Harbor is similar in that nature, is telling a fictionalized story with the backdrop of the setting. But it's a tough thing to balance. As you can see, two yeah. very alike movies can mm -hmm. be very different yeah. with that. I was mentioning um, shaping the perspectives on events that we go through in our lives. Mm. And I think you thought it was important to discuss, especially with the hosts of this show mm -hmm. um, and our identities. I'm, I'm kind of I'm kind of volleying it too. So you can Columbia. Take over. Yeah, there you go. Oh, yeah, because <laughs> we were like when they were going through the questions or the topics that we're going to talk about. I'm like, well, you know, we in this room, we're all Colombians. Right, born in Colombia, Colombian descent. Right, and thank you for making that distinction. I think there is a distinction. <laughs> no, there is a distinction. I, I think there is a distinction. You seem very proud to be the one that was born. No, in Colombia. I think you guys should be very <laughs> proud too. But I'm saying, like, there have been television shows and movies depicting, oh yeah, I the issues that either we are very much aware of or that live through. Yeah, the right? amount of Colombians that. Uh, right. Arnold and Steven Seagal kicked through windows Correct. when we were growing up. Correct. For example, like this is why I think that it's such a response. It's, that's why I, I love those filmmakers that take the time to actually be honest and truthful about their art, mm -hmm. right? And not doing it for the fluff or, mm -hmm. you know, for the spectacle. But also they want to create awareness and reflecting on the issues that are happening around the world. But like for us Colombians, right, for many years, even the times that we arrived since I arrived to this country, automatically we are connected or associated with drugs. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Like, oh. I mean, you're even, Colombian. Even you probably day, like your cousins are Pablo right. Escobar. Hey, do you know Pablo Escobar? Yeah. And I'm like, not all of us. Are. He dated my grandma briefly, but other than that, <laughs> but not all of us are, you know, drug dealers, mm -hmm. you know, or done drugs, and 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 I think that and even through media and TV and all those things, right? Like now they're going back and telling stories about the '90s and what happened there and the situations that that people live through, you know, uh, throughout this conflict. You know, it's important that they know that people in that in these countries also suffered, yeah. you know, because of this. It, it was not like Colombians were like, you know, uh, glorifying Pablo Escobar, you know, like or he wasn't, anything. Like he wasn't Hitler. He was not, not a, he, he was not a hero for some of them were. Mm -hmm. And let's make that clear because I want to be truthful about what the event, right? Uh, because he did do some good for some 
part of where he was from, right? I mean, when these, at a high cost, though. Yeah, I mean, when let's these make figures, that clear. When these figure right. rights, I mean, there's 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 a, a section of Germany, right. right, who profits from the rise exactly, of the third Reich. Right. There's a section there was, of you know the south. Right, there that was profits. something to gain, yeah. right? Whether it was the loyalty of the people the or whatever it was, but nonetheless, like. Th- it's, it's, it's nice when filmmakers and people that produce uh, movies and TV that they know that people are going to watch, that they're trying to depict truthfulness. Because when I watched Narcos, you know, for the first time, I was like, okay, yeah, this is, this is pretty cool. Right? My cat is trying to go in through that. <laughs> yeah, you don't have to bring attention to it. I'll take care oh. of it. Go ahead, continue. Okay. But anyways, so it, it was it's it's just important, right? That's and why us, we don't let him in the studio. Right? I know. Okay. I'm sorry. You insisted. I know, but he's so cute. <laughs> but as Colombians, it's nice, right? When they tell the truth about what happened, and that you know, not all Colombians are drug dealers. That's nice. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah. You, you do you think that show glorifies Pablo a little bit though, or do you think that's just the internet whipping? No, people yeah. people glorify that themselves. Yeah. They 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 hop on these trends and that becomes the popular thing. Right. I think you think it's easier to do that when he when you follow the story of the bad guy when he's kind of the one protagonist. Th- one thousand percent. Like yeah. you watch Breaking Bad, like everyone's like glorifying Heisenberg, like saying like he he was a he was a terrible person. That's he did right. terrible he was things. A terrible person. Yeah. And it's like oh like he's one of my favorite characters on television. He's a very complex character. Right. Like what he that's right. not he's not admirable. Like I don't want to be like him. But some people think that, you know, they do glorify that. They romanticize right. that and they think yeah. that, you know, Pablo Escobar was this gangster. Like, oh, he's a badass. Like, he is this, um, I don't know. Like, it, it is, it's different. He's Scarface. You, exactly. You know what I mean? When you, mm. when you. And, and I don't know, I don't know if I'm right or wrong on this, but for me, it's easy to accept. You think Heisenberg and Scarface are cool because they're fictional characters. But then it kind of hurts me deep inside when you look at Pablo Escobar on Netflix and feel the same way, right. because that's a real person right, who because, killed because, people in my family. Right, because Pablo yeah. Escobar was not cool, right? He he did a lot of harm, right, to the country where I'm from, to people that I know that are directly affected by the actions of this one person, mm-hmm. right? So it's, that is, I, you know what? I, I'm trying to remember the Netflix series, and I know we saw it all. I, no, we saw it until he dies. Ra- oh, that's not, true. Yeah, we, did that we, we did not continue yeah, with the rest. No, so I cannot yeah, judge the rest of the series. But I do remember thinking that. Oh, uh, spoilers. Pablo Escobar dies in Narcos. Sorry, it's been a couple of years. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. But. I forgot what I was going to say. That you can remember how you feel about the depiction of him or. This is a real thing. It's a real thing that happened. He's not Admiral. He's not a good guy. Yeah, yeah he's not a good guy. He's yeah. a real person. Stop making sure it's about him. Well, so that kind of touches on something. Yes, stop making sure it's about him. You know, so I might say the same thing about Che Guevara or, or Fidel Castro. I agree. Stop making sure it's about it. people that have done horrible things. Um, which kind of touches upon another topic, which is how these films shape our misconceptions about history. Mm. Can you think of a of a time or example of maybe some idea or concept that has kind of been misinterpreted over time. And as a, as an ignorant little kid watching those things, I thought all Germans were evil. Hmm. Right. I thought all Germans were evil. What is that movie with, what's the name of the movie? Kent Winslet, 
which is like naked most of the time. The reader? The reader, yes. Because she reads them or something? No, I think he reads to her. Okay, because she can't she read. Can't read right, right, right. Like, and and it's interesting because, yeah, like you said, like we always think all oh, all the Nazis were evil, right? Like they're all were in it with Hitler. But for example, that movie, right, tells a different story. Yeah, right, tells a story about this woman that she had really no. Oh, I don't want to say she had no idea because I think she. She saw what was happening to yeah, the Jews. Yeah, it's almost impossible right. to Right, like you cannot ignore it. What was she going to do? I mean, I don't know. At the very least, uh, not do it. You, I, mean, <laughs> you have, I, mean, you, I mean, you have a choice, but I, I don't know. Like, And that's maybe letting people off the hook too easy. That definitely is letting people off the hook right. too easy. But I think like a lot of people, like, and I think women particularly in that in that time period don't feel like they have much of a choice, Don't don't feel like they have much of a say. Yeah. According to but, like what they're, or what the leader of the household at that time right. like is is doing, or, and, and like I said, it's so much complexity, right? Because now we can go back and be like, hmm, what you did was wrong, and we could clearly see it now. But yeah. like you said, for that people living at the time, living within the conflict, maybe it was not that black and white at that moment, right? But at the same time, you also have stories about people that choose to do the right thing yeah right mm -hmm. and they decided that you know what i'm gonna stand in the face of evil and i'm gonna say no i'm not gonna kill any jews right yeah. or no i am not gonna support slavery right and matter of fact i'm gonna help them run away right mm -hmm. or no i am going to you know i'm gonna say no to this and 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 at the cost and sacrifice and sometimes of their own life they chose to do what's right so when these people exist, right, how can you justify this other group? Yeah. And again, I'm being super black and white again because the complexity of what that person, who that person is and, you know, how that person got there, we may not understand. No, but this... Right. Yeah, but, but at the end of the day, like, there is always a choice. Right. I think there's, right. there's always, you know, there's ignorance and there's education and sometimes, right. like, you do know what you're doing is wrong, but you feel like what's the alternative i'm gonna die some people can make that choice some people can't right, right. absolutely some people are right. just like i mm -hmm. know that what i'm gonna do might end up killing me but this is the right thing because i don't want to i can't live as a like someone like that you know right and then you have the story of this other guy hacksaw rich yeah what I'm, is I that i was actually um, just gonna bring that up what's yeah. his name it's like you're married or desmond something. yeah Doss. that's true desmond Doss. yes desmond Doss. incredible story right like this guy decides that with no weapon it's going to go and save all these people and sacrifice his life in the midst of such a horrific Including horrific enemy combatants. Right. So it's like, and, and I think this is why people are fascinated with war films. Because again, it brings the best and the worst out of us. Yeah. In these horrific times, you know. and I think it's humanity unclothed. Right. I think it's this is how ugly we are and this is how beautiful right. we are when we rise and stoop down when we rise to the occasion and right. when we're overtaken and just hit rock bottom right and it's nice when the good guys lit, uh win yeah right like yeah and I, I think that i think one of the things for me growing up was that it was stirring to watch the good guys or i mean in many cases the movies that i watched the americans or the allies yeah 
because it felt like to watch something, to watch a group of people band together and unite under a banner and like, you know, choose to make sacrifices for the greater good or like, you know, Mm -hmm. for the, for the betterment of other people or themselves or their, their nations and country. Like, I guess that, that stirs up like, was it nationalism, I guess? Like pride, I think, you know, pride that it's like, you know, these you're proud that you. Come. I think it should stir in stir patriotism. patriotism I think sometimes I think it stirs nationalism, and I think that's the difference pa- between patriotism, jingoistic representations, and yeah, truer. Wait, but they're very close together. Yeah, but uh, no, but I think like that was you know my my outlook. It was because it was like inspiring. You know, those are the things that I loved about those movies. Was like, and I mean, even recently, I think like stuff like Dunkirk, like. When, you know, when they, when a group of people come out and help. And I think you have that, you know, throughout countless stories that we've Mm -hmm. seen is like, you know, there's, it's still getting really bad. And a lot of, like for a lot of people, they lost their lives. Yeah. Also, how happy I am that Christopher Nolan is doing uh, real life stories lately. I think that is so cool. Yeah, Tenet was fantastic. Um, Yeah, Tenet was, you know, yeah. But like, for example, Oppenheimer. Like we all know who Oppenheimer was, but I never. But do we though? I right. I didn't. I, I do. I, do I heard his name. I heard no? his name. I heard the Manhattan Project. I knew that he right. helped build the bomb. I okay. didn't know anything else. Now, mm. a little ignorant growing up, I think bad guy, right? No. No. At least growing up, I felt like when you learn in school, guy who built the bomb, immediately not good person, right? I guess. And I think it's like, and I know that he then like okay the famous quote uh, from. The destruction the of the world. Yeah, world? what's what's the direct quote? The now I have um, now that I'm death. Right, I'm I think now. that's the guy that read from the Bhagavita. 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 Um, book of the Bible. Um, <laughs> he he reads from the Bhagavita that text after millions of people die at the hands of a bomb he created, and I create this image of like this supervillain, right? Mm-hmm. Not not that he's bad. I know he wants a war. I know the, the rationale for the bomb, but it's like. That's the guy that led to death. And even depictions like that are so complex, mm-hmm. especially when you hear a story of this, of like the aftermath of that and that shift in perspective. And even the perspective going into these decisions, like you said, the rationale that we talked earlier. But even Oppenheimer, and 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 I like Christopher Nolan's depiction of this time because like, for example, Oppenheimer, the first uh, act of the movie, he wants to build this bomb. Mm-hmm. right and he wants to go for it and i don't know but it seems to me that at that time he was so excited yeah about the breakthroughs in science and physics of, that yeah. pursuit of knowledge right that pursuit of of like actually coming to fruition that what he's the theories of physics well, right and go he, beyond that's what he was right mm-hmm. but it's interesting because then the other act of the movie is him like oh man no i am going to go against the very thing that i just created Mm -hmm. right and again it's that complexity right of humanity right like he was blinded by his scientific endeavors and even ambitions and and is he a bad person no i never knew the guy but history could judge him as because i mean he did create a weapon that with the capabilities of destroying million millions of people when you are creating something like that i mean 
why do you think they're gonna use it for? Yeah, and you know, and that's that's the thing I think. Like you just said that, but I was also thinking like, especially reading the book, he was a he was a theory. Like he he based his work in theory. Mm-hmm. His right. work was right. all in theory right. and proving, and like he was never like a, a hands on type of person. And in theory, this sounds excellent. To achieve this would be right. a feat, phenomenal. And he, I mean, even like even like in the book, and I mean in the movie, he mentions it briefly. But in the book, like he, there was a time where he he didn't want people to know that he was Jewish. I mean, even though it's in his last name, but he right. didn't really associate himself with that. Mm. And then you know, the war is happening, and he mentions, he makes a comment where he's like. Those are my people in the camps. Yeah. Where it's like, where, like, I thought about it and I'm like, is that, was that genuine or was that just like a way for him to like get himself onto the project where he's like, now he like realized like these are my people when he had been like, you know, rejecting them for such a long time. But I think that. But I think they're both could be true. Yeah. I think sure. that both could be coexist. I think that he could all his life not wanted to be associated. And at the same time, when this is happening, be like, oh, wait a minute. You know, this is terrible. These are my like people. Moses. Right. Um, but I think you were saying like, for me, Oppenheimer, that, the new Moses, that <laughs> Gabriel, 2024. That, uh, <laughs> that made me think a lot, man, because it's like, if he doesn't, they do. Yeah. yeah. And I'm not here. That's probably right. not yeah you know right. the world is a different place right and it's like you think about the destruction and the loss of life that came from you know his choices and his invention pretty much and it's it's hard to say yeah like you know good good job or like to praise him for yeah. that but it's it is an ugly truth that you have to kind of accept where it's like did I did I benefit from this? Yeah. Probably and that's so many other people. Yeah, and that's it, something he's going to have to live with. Yeah, it yeah. wins a war we had to win. Mm-hmm. Could we have won it another way? We'll never know. Mm-mm. But it begins an arms race that ends possibly with the destruction okay. of mankind. Wait, so that was something that I guess, I don't know if my dates are hazy, but like the Russians had already defeated Hitler at that time, right? It was just because the Japanese Yeah, the Japanese wouldn't surrender. Yes, yes. By that time, uh, Hitler had already... That was another thing that I was yeah. like, man. But the Japanese, <clears throat> I was they like, were still. Man. It, I was just like, I feel like I had forgotten that detail. Mm-hmm. Um, That's why you have to drop it on Japan. Mm-hmm. No, exactly. But I, I don't know why. Like, it just didn't, you Click. know, occur to me. I know that, like, obviously we had the atomic bomb and I, that was, you know, a show of force. But I didn't know, like, we had already passed that point where, like, you know, Hitler was already defeated. Like, those troops. It was Japan that, like, they didn't. They didn't like capitulate. They didn't want to, and that's an, yeah. That it, was another thing. I mean, from good. from um even from Godzilla that I got. Mm-hmm. Godzilla well, minus one minus one. Where it's a, like, a war film in a in another sense. No, for sure. Like Godzilla yeah. is the war machine. That was that was a great film. Yeah, it's the and I didn't want to watch it, <laughs> I, I and know. I went. I was forced. I had to watch Aren't it. Aren't you twice glad? And it was great. It's the um that sentiment where it's like the government is choosing for you. Yes. The government is like, we're going to go out on our shields. Like everyone, like you can kill all of us. We don't care until yeah. like 
you know they had to do they did that and that's the thing that we have to be very aware that that people are the ones to suffer especially those with low uh, resources yeah right they're the ones that are always going to suffer the most in this conflict you know because they don't get much options they don't have many opportunities right there's that moment in godzilla going back to it Mm -hmm. where the fishermen and the pilots are like but why does it always have to be us why is it us who has to put our Suffer- lives on the line? Suffering yeah. for their choices. And yeah. I mean, I, I said it when we talked about whatever episode that was, when we talked about it. But this sentiment of like, you know, you'd rather die. You know, it's on, like an honorable death or the kamikaze pilots. And this idea of dying is better than surrendering or giving in um, or choosing to live, you know, yeah. that I think... I think yeah. growing up watching movies and reading, I think is what I, you know, is something that I understood about Japanese culture that to me, I understand like yeah. to kill myself for, for someone like for, for something that's like, I not even like in my control. Like I, you, see, you see it in letters to Iwo Jima too, which is another exactly. Great film yeah. By, by that's Ace a great Wood. film. Yeah. yeah. And that's just the concept to me that it's like, it's so foreign. It is so like, why would you decide to do that? And that, that was something that I was like, Oh, I guess, you know, Japan as a culture, Japan as a, as a country and their culture, like that is what everyone believes. And the thing that I got from um, Godzilla Minus One is that sentiment is like, no, we want to live. Yeah. Like these people are making decisions for us. And I'm, and no culture is a monolith. We don't okay. all believe anything. You know, there's not one thing that we all agree on. Exactly. And, and that was such a, like a real aspect that, a lot of these actual like nonfiction war movies don't get that level of emotion. Don't yeah. get that. They just have things blowing up. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And, and go ahead. No, was I'm ready to. No, no, you uh, go. Well, then that's one thing I wanted to touch upon was, you know, you, there are those films, right. That glorify it, that reduce it to that. Right. For every behind enemy lines, we have behind enemy lines, three Columbia starring WWE superstar, <laughs> Ken Kennedy, was that his name? I don't even remember. You know, for every, you know, Rambo First Blood, right, that deals with, you know, the returning home veteran, uh, we have Va- Rambo Last Blood, which is basically like... Is la- this is the last Yeah, the, the, the murdering Mexicans crossing the border, mm. you know, movie. So the, you can definitely do it wrong, and they do miss the mark. But when you do war films, great. I think one of their greatest contributions is they contribute to peace, prevention, and reconciliation. Because a great war film, its major theme is almost always war. Like, what is it good for? You know? Absolutely nothing. There are no winners, like you said. And you get that out of almost every war film. And I think it shapes the culture, especially in a culture like ours, that you know, historically is a very action-oriented, very violent culture, right? Um, Yeah, I mean, American history is a violent history, Yeah, right? Like, I know that sometimes it's hard to face the fact that our country is not perfect, (laughs) you know? Not even close. (laughs) Yeah, right? And the things that we have done as a nation uh, has been horrific, Yeah, right? Like... uh, so many things and even in the 20th century 
where you will think, oh, no, we're enlightened. Don't enlight we're we're <laughs> yeah. enlightenment. You know, what were to hit? The first reaction was like, let's put all the Japanese away. Yeah. In internment camps because they're the enemy. Right? Like, it's like we don't learn the lessons sometimes because we act on fear. Mm -hmm. Right? Fear of preservation or survival. And, uh, and we don't take into account uh, the fact that, you know, wait, those are Americans too. Yeah. Right? I um. But for sure, like, like, what was I saying? I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> I think that the 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 talk of peace, prevention, reconciliation. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. What? Yeah, that's it. You agree? <laughs> okay. No, I, and that was something that it's like that I learned after the fact because you know, in up like going back to Oppenheimer, like. I think you like this film. I think so too. <laughs> It was, it's just cause like it made, it, it really changed my perspective and made me, and I learned things about it, especially yeah. like, right. like going through the book as well. Um, because this person is the father of the atom bomb. He is the face of so much loss of, of destruction. And that he had to live with that yeah. right. as a person, you right. know, and he, he was remorseful and you could see that. But I think one of the things that I, that was interesting is he, he used his position where, you know kind of like off the trail of bodies that he left he used his position to try and you know what's the word control mm -hmm. then regulate you know yeah. his inventions he tried to to do better with what he like the can of like worms that he opened which like pandora's changed, box yeah he opened it he changed everything but i think from then on and like, he tried to like change right. things for that he tried right. to make up which i mean i don't think you ever can but he tr like that's the thing we can sit with us after if we do something wrong we can sit with it and just let it consume us mm -hmm. or you can like make the choice and like okay i did something wrong i made a bad choice i'm gonna try and do better yeah i'm gonna try and not necessarily undo but do what i can right and and going back to another you know film that has war in it is um kingdom of heaven yeah and i remember when i was a kid there's My that journey kingdom of heaven um, Orlando Bloom, The I Crusades. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's that scene when I was a kid. There was a scene where um, Edward Norton, the king, and the Edward is Norton the is king? the king. Yeah, in the mask. Jinx. You're not allowed to talk for the rest of the book. Um. So he's the king, he's and he has this. They have you know the giant army, and you know obviously um, Salahadin and his army, like it's just this giant battle that's gonna go on, and I'm like getting like hyped up. I'm like, okay, because I'm like, there's gonna be a giant like set piece. There's gonna be a war, and you know, the king like decides like I have to stand up for my people. I have to do what is right. Someone on my side like wronged you. I understand that, but he tried to talk it out. He tried to sue for peace, and they did. And, like there wasn't any really any bloodshed the rest of that day. That person fails. The peace is broken they end up going to war. Mm -hmm. But by the end of that movie, like there, there has, there is, I mean, there was a bloody conflict for obviously, but there's another way. Orlando Bloom finds a way where he defends, he holds his ground, but he says like, I don't want this to keep going. I don't want any more blood loss, any more bloodshed or Saladin says that. And it's like two people that want peace, but aren't afraid to fight. But the thing I liked about that movie is like, they were able to, kind of come out of it not the best results i guess but they were to come out of it like on peaceful terms they were like okay 
this is what happens. We're gonna. I don't want. I, if I remember correctly, they uh, allow the Christ, they allow the Christians to enter the city of Jerusalem. Leave, or leave the city of they Jerusalem. They were gonna kill all of them. Right, but I think and and, and the peace treaty ended up with the Muslims allowing the Christians mm. to visit yeah. the important sites of the city of Jerusalem. If I remember correctly, I may be completely. From the film or from history? Not from history. Okay. We're just going to assume that the film aligns to the reality. The director's cut that. The director's cut that. The theatrical cut. I don't remember that movie much. Heather Norton was in the movie? (laughs) You don't see his face. Oh, that's why. Oh, he was a a leopard. He wears a mask? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I remember that. I remember remember the leopard king. Yes. A leprechaun? (laughs) No, king. He's a leopard king? Okay, you know what I mean. Okay. Yeah. The king with leprosy. Yeah. We need okay. some bits for yeah. the oh, TikTok. Oh, I'm, so- I'm sorry. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. Um, Have you guys seen the movie Glory? Yes. Because Have of you? you. With Broderick? Yes. 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 Who else is in it? Do you guys think that war movies have changed? Yes, absolutely. In what sense? I don't know. I, mean, yes, I don't know. <laughs> like, for example, like I watched Glory. Great film. If you haven't seen it, go watch it. Right? But it's a good film. And oh, by the cool. way, I uh, uh, was going to say George Washington is in it. He's not in it. He's dead. Oh, it's Denzel Washington is oh, yeah. in it. They're related. Uh, Morgan Freeman. Uh, who else? There's like a really young actor in that movie. Yeah, I don't remember. Anyways, continue. Anyways, it's a good film. But I feel like that depiction, and by the way, like the end of the movie does end with like the 54 Squadron going into war and perishing because that is... Mm-hmm. you know what happened and uh, it, it was just a whole african-american battalion right made out of former slaves runaway slaves i and some free men at the time i but i feel like the way how they depict there is still this like like uh, need right to be hollywood does that make sense yeah yeah for sure i don't know well, i think it, that movie's pg-13 right yeah, I saw. So that. I think I you're. Yeah, because I show it in my class. Yeah, so yeah. I think there's limitations there to right. kind of, like you, you said, as a substitute teacher? sanitize. Also, I do appreciate like, when like film. Right, I I, I want to say that I love when filmmakers do PG thirteen versions of the war film. I know some yeah. of them don't like it, right? Because they're like, oh, the integrity of the arts and blah 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 blah. <laughs> I like I that you're dismissing the integrity okay, of the fine. arts. Oh my gosh! <laughs> oh, the artistic vision. <laughs> I, I I get it. I get it. You know, it's wonderful. But sometimes, like, there are important films that I wish they could make a version for the classroom. You know, like for example, I love Steven Spielberg. He's the man. Yeah. Because one of the one of the goals of Steven Spielberg is not just to create great art, but it's to educate. Yeah. So many of his like rated R films, he has a classroom version yeah. of them. Yeah. So that's cool. Like Shirley's List. Yeah. Well, right. this is my hot take because I know the industry railed against, for example, Voodoo was one streaming service that had mm-hmm. wanted that created these edited cuts and then the studios railed against them and they took them off. But How dare they? But it but I think it is hypocritical because versions like this exist for TV. I know. Like they play on TBS and TNT. And, and I'm so not, for money right, it's okay, but right. not for I'm education. Not, and I'm not saying to like remove the violence because I'm not Give about that. Give us both that. versions. Give us right. both versions. Like I think so like war movies should be violent because it's a violent event. And again, we should not sugarcoat this. But there's some things that I cannot show, right? Mm-hmm. Like and curse war words, for example, like so 
if you listen to these uh, other directors of Hollywood, <laughs> yeah. be kind to your teachers. <laughs> yeah, your teachers yeah. are paying extra money to another service to remove that stuff anyway. That's so. correct. So please, which is fantastic. We want to give great. you money. We want to give you But you know, like, like if there is a version to be have for them to a younger crowd experience and be safe because I think this is important topics that we could talk about in the classroom. And because, listen, as teachers, we're constantly fighting for time in the classroom and to right. keep on pace. But we, this generation especially, I think, is willing to dedicate a class or two to watch or put in an extra time, you know, at some other slot after school, during lunch or whatever, uh, to share these films with them because that's the impact they have. It's important to learn through books and discussion, but at the end of the day, you're going to remember those images like that D-Day drop. Absolutely, and most of my students, they don't, they don't remember what we talk about in class, but they remember the videos I showed. Yes, you know, so it's just, it's no. nice. It's and nice. I'm, and I'm one such student. Like, yeah, you know, I. That's what I'm saying. Like, I read those textbooks, but to me, like, I read, I had an interest in social. Like, that was probably like my favorite. Like class mm -hmm. because of the movies that i'd seen because yeah. there were so many historical movies that I, I would pay attention in that class because it was like this i have a like i have something to tether back to i have a reference point where it's like oh i remember i saw about that and that made me in my mind because i watched all these movies as a kid i was always fascinated with history and some even like the even to what i consider like the boring parts because when I was a kid, like I don't care about serfdom or like what rule, like rural Japan was like. Oh, back she'll then. tell you all about it. Why it's amazing and interesting. You know, I I wasn't, we don't have time today. I wasn't thinking about that, uh, like about that as a kid. Mm -hmm. But it's like you know, growing up now, I'm going back to these things that you know. Oh, I heard about that in class, and I'm looking back, and I'm like, okay, I remember that from a TV show or a movie or a book or something. Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, look it up, you know, and that pull that tent like that sends me in the direction of okay educate yourself if you don't know right. much about that right plus these films aren't the answer but they definitely start a conversation where it's, expo it's exposure yeah i'm willing to now read 30 hours about one topic specifically and, that, and, 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 and that's one. the thing at least a good film that an honest film <laughs> about whatever topic is always going to raise curiosity yeah right and yeah. it's always going to raise awareness and it's going to add leave you wanting more and wanting to learn yeah we we could talk about this forever yes uh but to put a cap on this what are some of those war genre films and i know that's very open-ended but that you would recommend for people to check out if they haven't seen it what are some of the most impactful ones to you i know we've mentioned a plethora of them here you can repeat some of those or or add to that list i'm googling it okay mm. go ahead go ahead I mean, I'll start off with mine. I know I've, um, this one's very strong. I saw it way too young, right? The opener really captivated me. Again, much more than the rest of the film. I mean, it was with Full Metal Jacket. <laughs> that movie is crazy. That movie is incredible. And that movie, like, made me question, like, a lot of things. So there's Full Metal Jacket that we didn't bring up. I did mention Letters from Iwo Jima and the companion piece, Flags of Our Father. Mm -hmm. amazing the hbo series the pacific and band of brothers we'll start with band of brothers and then the pacific yeah. but those are some top tier uh both films are by eastwood and i believe uh who produced the band of brothers is that spielberg i think i, I, I think know. it's produced I think it was spielberg, i don't know yeah. so i think those are top tier for me i love apocalypse now too 
people think I'm weird. Why? No, why? That's a great film. Well, it's very dark. It's very pessimistic. Yeah. You know, it's well, based on the Vietnam War. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. based on Conrad's Heart of Darkness, which is a problematic book, but from a historical perspective, it was also an important one that I read. You know, growing up, but Apocalypse Now, I think that's an even, amazing film. Even just as a as a film, yeah, like, as, a, as a like a piece of art, like it is. An incredible film. Right. And there's different kind of war films, right? There are the war films that are about the war, about the battle, right? And there are war films that are about the surviving the war. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right? So there is those two. Like uh, films that I, I've talked about some of them already. Like Tunis I, I, List is at, at one of my top. Uh, films of all time. Right. <laughs> like he did such a great job. Would you say it's your favorite film? I would say it's one of my favorite historical films. Okay. Yeah. I, so, Barbie and then... Um, yeah, it's Barbie <laughs> and Tunis List. No, I'm kidding. It's uh, a, across the Spider-Verse, okay. Right. I'd, I think I... Fury. You guys remember Fury? Oh, yeah. That that's was, that underrated. Was, yeah, that was a great war film, too. I'll never forget Fury, and I'm sorry to cut you off, but I'll never forget Fury because the tanks shoot lasers. Yeah. And I was super confused. What is right. going on in this movie? And then I learned about tracers. Yeah. Uh, the tanks, they, you know, they would put paint that would trace. So when you shoot, it would shoot green and red. Like the allies would use green and the, you know, and the axes would use red. And I was like, Star Wars makes sense now. G.I. Joe makes sense now, you know. Mm -hmm. Right. And there, like, I, I mean, there's there are a lot of historical film and war films that are worth your time um yeah google it yeah and make yeah go through the list and some of them are good so, i mean we talked about Save pride ryan which is a great film yeah we talked about glory we talked about uh what other oppenheimer which oppenheimer is not about the war right but it's the preparation it's, it's about that event mm -hmm. right that eventually is gonna end the war I we talked about what else? Let me see. Hacksaw Ridge. No, we don't have to share all of them, but, <laughs> but yeah, Hacksaw Ridge is great. Yeah, I know there's so many. There is so many. There's that's just so, that's just one place to start. Right. There's so many. Zero Dark Thirty. I see on that list. Right. Oh I, yeah. I like uh, like uh, like modern conflicts. Yeah. You know, like 21st century conflict. Okay. Zero Dark Thirties. What's the one? The Heart Locker. Too. The Hurt Locker, yes. Yeah, that's that's Jeremy Iron, also yeah. a very good film. No, uh, uh, Jeremy Renner. <laughs> that would be an interesting film if Jeremy Irons was in it, but I would watch that. Yeah, I would watch it too. I would watch that too. Gabe? Um let's see, we got nineteen seventeen. Inglorious Bastards. Yes. Tropic Thunder. Yes. Uh, <laughs> okay, Tropic. Okay, but Inglorious Bastard, I know it's, it's fictional, right? But And a comedy. And a comedy. Which they managed to pull it off. Yeah, I don't know how. <laughs> yeah, because if you think about it, I mean, it's th the, the setting is pretty serious. Yeah. But um, no, um, like I said, Bridge on the River Kwai. Yes. Mm -hmm. oh, this is a classic. Um, I would check out the films of David Lean, like just as mm -hmm. a whole. You could start with River Kwai, but like, obviously they're not all war movies, but, you know, Lawrence of Arabia, Dr. Shivago. If you like Obi-Wan Kenobi, Alec Guinness, he's in all of them and he's amazing. Those are great films. Yeah, David Lee. Also, they're very long. Yes, they are very long. Very long. That's okay. You can watch them at home. Two parts. They have intermission. So. Yeah. Continue, Gabe. Um, oh, you know what was good? The Darkest Hour. Or don't. 
That was Darkest Hour was good. Darkest yeah. Hour, yes. Yeah. I think I explained that to Gabe the other day that I was like, that's the best movie I enjoyed that I don't like think I understood like part of it. Yeah, you definitely have to watch it with subtitles. Subtitles, absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Go ahead. Um what was the other one? I did like 1917. Yeah. I loved it. I think I think World War One gets lost in the shuffle of yes. everything of World War Two. Yeah, we only have Wonder Woman in 1917. Exactly. <laughs> and to me, like it, I I don't know, like I just assumed World War One looked exactly like World War Two, but it was different. Yeah, like, it, was it was way different. Yeah. It was very different. Oh, shout out like Dark Horse, uh, "They Shall Not Grow Old," the Peter Jackson mm. documentary on World War One. Yeah. That movie's crazy, yeah. just from like a historical archival yes. footage perspective. Yes. Uh, uh, oh, uh, Platoon. Platoon. Platoon is good. I haven't seen it in a long time. I haven't seen it in years. Yeah, but I remember it being important yes. <laughs> in my life. Isn't it Charlie Sheen? Yeah, it's Charlie. Yeah. yeah. Oh, uh, the and pianist. Oh, yeah. The pianist. Yes. The pianist God. for sure. I mean, oh. almost like Holocaust narratives are like their own even subgenre. Yeah, they yeah. really are. You yeah. guys should make a whole podcast about it. I don't know if as I could endure that emotionally. As far we'll as, uh, what was it? The, I guess one of the newer ones. This one was, it's a true, it's based on a true story, but I don't know, like, I think, I feel like it's more entertainment, is Black Hawk Down. I do yeah. think it's, With the yeah, ensemble cast who is that? and all that stuff. Who, who directs that movie? I don't know. You know that, okay, interesting story. I yeah. have started the movie like a hundred times, then I've seen pieces in the middle, but i never seen the whole thing. Never. It's really Scott. That's why. Oh, I never seen the whole entire <laughs> movie. Sense. Yeah. Have you? Uh, I have. I was very young. That movie is. What do you mean you were very young? That movie's not that old. Yeah, it's pretty. We old. were already like it's in our twenties. Two thousand one. Oh, I was seventeen. We were seventeen. I was seventeen. So okay. it was like we were in high school. We're I watched school. a lot of movies at the time. There were a lot of war movies at the time. I remember like Wind Talkers came out. Everything I remember. Out. Yeah, there was a lot of war movies at the time. They kind of all bled together. Uh, do they still make I, war movies? Because Oppenheimer, what? I know it's a it's, we it's a just movie. saw all quiet on the Western we just Front. saw all quiet yeah, on the Western Front. Correct. Yeah, you're correct. Take that back. I am sorry. Yeah, everyone has Netflix. Okay, even if you're not stealing it from your uncle anymore, and you have to pay for it. Okay, That's all true. quiet on the Western Front. Absolutely, one of the best ones in this generation. Yes, they've seen recently. And if you haven't heard me talk about it, Oppenheimer. <laughs> all right, those are our recommendations, and we're gonna cut it off. I, Napoleon. Don't no, you kidding. have to right right before I finish? You're gonna say no, gonna let me tell you. This. I will tell Ridley Scott Black Hawk Down. Ridley Scott directs in Napoleon. Those the the Is war the battles, mm -hmm. they're pretty epic. Yeah, they're pretty epic. Yeah, the story and the characterization are horrific. And I don't know about horrific. Nah, man, that depiction of Napoleon was oh, so you like that was not the play. As time has passed. Yeah, what I thought. I don't think you're. I don't remember you saying that it was horrific. No, nah, I think it was bad. Yeah, no, I think I said it was bad yeah. immediately. Yeah, yeah. I he Joaquin Phoenix plays Napoleon like he's um, I don't know, every Joaquin Phoenix character where he's like an inept, uh, uh, yeah, sterile. So it's so it was interesting uh, depiction of Napoleon. Did you see it, Gabriel? No. Yeah. yeah. So don't watch Napoleon. Napoleon. Watch Black just, Hawk no, Down. Tell us should, if it's good. <laughs> yeah, you should wait until it comes out. No need. Well, it's already it's out of Yeah, out of I don't, it's not yeah. Also, you guys sit here for so long. Don't your back hurt? Yeah, we usually wrap up the episode before we complain about how uncomfortable the chairs oh, are. Oh, maybe you guys should invest in new chairs. Well, I invested in a chair. Guys, you guys should donate to yeah. the podcast so we can get brand new chairs. Thank as, you. At, um, let me tell you, as a witness. Our guests of, are uncomfortable. Like, <laughs> it's really uncomfortable. I guess I should have given you my chair. But usually I don't give it to the guests because it's full of cat hair. 
But I guess you don't care. But I live here. It's your cat. Yeah. 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 I didn't think about that. Yes. So we hope you enjoy the conversation. Send us money for new chairs. Yes. Till next time. Gabe, you want to keep on searching.